Spot. The Beat Spot. Hello, what is up, everybody? It is me, the Don B. That is at the Don B on all the platforms. I am so excited to be back with you guys. Thank you for joining us yet again for another week. Um, this week we are coming at you with a solo episode, just me, just us. We, you know, we haven't talked one on one in quite some time. So, um, I was super inspired last week. Um, watching the fabulous works of one Alicia Beth Moore. Um, you guys may know her as Pink, with an exclamation point above her name. <laughs> uh, that's how it's spelled. But yes, the Pink. Uh, this week I'm naming it Pink Week. Um, I have always been a huge fan of Pink. She's one of my favorite artists. Um, and it's just, I never got the chance to really um, kind of dive into her. I feel like um, I listen to her all the time. But I think that Pink is, you know, very successful. Obviously, one of the biggest selling recording artists of all time, um, one of the biggest touring artists of all time. She grosses so much on tour. But I still feel like even with all that, she's still somewhat underrated. I feel like she makes good music now. We just kind of take it like, oh, she's great. But she really had to kind of fight to get to where she is um, and put out the music she put out. I'm not saying only people don't, but just a very interesting path and uh, very much along my mindset of sticking to your guns, following your heart, um, and knowing who you are and what your gift is and what your message to the world actually is. Um, there's a lot there that you want, y'all. So definitely diving into Pink. I'm also going to talk about my top five favorite Pink songs and why. So I'm sure you guys will look forward to that. Um, and yeah, that was really hard because she has so much material, which I didn't realize either. Like, I have it all on my phone. And as I was trying to narrow it down to five, I'm like, oh, wait, I like this whole album. So what happens next? But I got them down to five, so we'll see what happens. But yes, guys, let's take a quick little break. We'll be right back, and we'll dive into Miss Pink. Hey, guys, this episode is also sponsored by WXSJ 97.3, Miami's new number one hit station. They provide an exclusive opportunity for radio airplay through their network of radio stations worldwide. Social media promotion packages are also available. So if you are an artist who's ready to take their career to the next level, head over to WXSJ97.3.com for more information, and we will see you at the top. All right, guys, we are back up in this thing. We are talking about Pink this week. Um, again, one of my favorite artists. Um, I definitely, like I said, feel like she's underrated. So I kind of want to give, you know, any new people that are new to Pink or just so many young kids that don't really know the story. Because, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But it's been going on 20-something years that Pink has been in the game, which is crazy to me. I'm like, where's the time gone? And then I realized I was in middle school when she debuted. So, again... Dating myself here, where has the time gone? Where have all the girl groups gone? Um, I don't know why I said that. That's the title of a podcast that I really like, but 
it's a play on words from Where Have All the Good Boys Gone, which is a song. I don't know, child. I've had a couple of beers. Anyways, um, where was I? So, Miss Pink, yes. So, um, her story is really interesting to me. I think it's really cool um, how she's been able to kind of find her way in the industry. And not a lot of people are allowed to do that, like take full reins of their career. Um, shout out to obviously her team at the you know at the time you know Ellie Reed and whatnot that gave her that little bit of rope for her to make such a big splash. So just to back it up a little bit, Pink, um, obviously singer songwriter. She's from Philadelphia, um, and she was singing like in the club scene, um, like starting like fourteen, fifteen years old, like singing in these clubs, singing Mary J. Blige, and so she was getting and she already had that nickname Pink, and she did the pink hair thing already. And she was kind of getting that, you know, known around the city as like, oh, that's the girl that can sing. You know, she sang like a lot of like, you know, quote unquote, black clubs, um, places like that. And so she was kind of building buzz that way. She was in a girl group called Choice, which I find is very interesting. I'll leave it. We'll come back to that. But the group's name was Choice um, in 95. And they got actually signed to a record deal. I believe they had one of their songs was on like the Kazam soundtrack, which if y'all are old school like me, Kazam was the Shaq movie that may or may not have happened. Um, there's a big whole conspiracy theory about the Mandela effect because some people don't remember Kazam happening at all. Some people remember it, but Sinbad was the actor in it. I distinctly remember Shaq being the actor in it. And if you look it up, you'll see Shaq on the poster. But in some universe, Sinbad was that person. And it's very crazy. So it's a very funny conspiracy theory. That's neither here nor there. Either way, Choice was on the soundtrack. That was the point of that. So they go on, they get offered, um, they have their recording contract and with LaFace Records. Ellie Reed is the um, the head of that at the time and basically saw them was kind of like, you know, thanks but no thanks and told Pink, you know, you can either stay, I want to, I like you, offered her a solo recording deal or you can go with the group and y'all can be out of here. She made a choice, <laughs> no pun intended, but all pun intended. And she um, went solo. She took a chance and, on herself and went, you know, full soul, left the girls. Sorry, but I feel like this whole episode, um, choices come up a lot here. Um, but anyway, so that was the beginning of that. She sticks with L.A. Reid. She is now signed to Face Records. And her studio debut album comes out in 2000. It's called Can't Take Me Home. Um, we, you know, black people lovingly refer to this era as the light-skinned pink era. Um, I say that because people still refer, oh, that's when pink was light-skinned. Black people refuse to believe that Pink was a white woman um, to the point where even when she would show up places in real life, it was like, oh, no, she's just high yellow. She's just biracial. She's really light skinned. Like it was that we refuse to believe that <laughs> she was a white woman. Even if we knew that, like, I feel like some people really didn't know it, but I feel like I knew it as a kid and I kind of went along with it, too. I was like, oh, no, yeah, she's black somewhere in there because it wasn't just that she sounded like that. Her album obviously was heavily R&B influenced. But it was more so just, she's some Philly. She has that swag. She's a tough girl. She's not prim and proper. You know, she's like a white Mary J. Blige, really. Like, she's just, you get what you get. I am who I am. You know, Miley was good. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and so, yeah, we, everybody says she was like, 
light skin pink up until uh, her next album came out. So, um, Misunderstood came out in 2001, and it was way more pop rock. Um, some of it was like hardcore all the way rock. But um, that ended up being one of the best decisions she ever made. That album, let's just compare it. Um, Can't Take Me Home was a double platinum album. Had great, good songs. Were they great songs? <laughs> I love Pink, so they're great to me. But were they, I mean, Candy was writing for every 2000s R&B artist at the time. So there you go. Could have been a TLC song. It could have been a 3LW song. It could have been an Ashanti song. Insert R&B artist here. I won't say Ashanti because Ashanti writes her own material most of the time. But, um, you know, insert R&B artist here of 2000s that anybody could have sang the whole album, to be honest. I love certain songs on it, but it wasn't... You can tell it wasn't authentic to her. It was just she has the voice for it, so we just took it and ran with it. Um, misunderstood, it was definitely, like, her vibe. So, Get the Party Started was, you know, the big opening single that we love. Um... My favorite from the album is Just Like a Pill. Um, not sure if that was on my list or not, so I don't know if I want to go too deep into that just yet. Let me double check. Um, no, it wasn't. So I can do a little bit Just Like a Pill. I mean, I don't even have anything deep to say about it. It's just one of my favorites. I love the vocal. I love the sentiment behind it. Um, just Like a Pill, instead of making me better, you keep making me ill. That was a different... Um, it was kind of a deep kind of a take on a song that people had to really kind of catch. Like, it was talking about a toxic relationship and how you can be with somebody who y'all are just going back and forth, back and forth, and you're toxic for each other. Like, um, I want you, and you're my partner, you're the person I love. You're supposed to be making me better, improving me. We should be going, you know, going places, doing better, but instead you're tearing me down, you're making me ill, you're making it worse. And it goes into the whole Big Pharma conversation, you know, not to get too political or controversial but there's the big pharma thing about you know drugs it's the drug industry within itself how there's no cure for any of the major illnesses hiv aids cancer um these huge illnesses but there are medicines that can keep them at bay where you can quote unquote beat the disease and just get it down to a level like with like with cancer you can beat it but you haven't you weren't cured of it it could come back at any time because it's still technically in your body but you just beat it down to the point where now your body is strong enough to keep that where it's at and we removed all of the harmful stuff but it can come back at any point and like what's well, the same thing with hiv and aids like they have now we have prep and we have all these um preventative medicines and the medicines that people do take have taken on all kinds of you know leaps and bounds um when it comes to what you can use um to treat it you know the 80s and 90s it was like a pill regimen you know i don't know how many a day a whole bunch now some people take one or two pills like it's it's that's all that stuff is great but it's like where is the cure are you still keeping me at bay are you giving me a little bit of something so that i keep needing to come back and spend that money because if you cure me then what do i need you for anymore you know and that's the whole talk behind Big Pharma. It's just like these, and that's why in these pills they put you on have all these side effects. I should know. I take medication for all kinds of things, um, but my like like my psych medication, like um, specifically, I, I'm not ashamed to say I take medicine. I have depression and anxiety, so it's like you take the 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 pill for this, and it causes you gives you extra energy, so you're awake at night. Um, so I take the anxiety one in the middle of the day to stay calm, and then there's a sleeping one to combat the depression one so I don't stay up at night to regulate the schedule but I'm like my schedule was fine before I started taking all this stuff and now I low-key depend on it to stay in the mood that I'm in so how much of that is you know the medicine versus the illness you know what is 
you know, what's happening there. So I didn't mean to go that deep into um, <laughs> Big Pharma and the conspiracies um, that lie within. But this just that song, I feel like it's such a good song. And I really appreciated her for throwing that in there. It's just I love intellectual lyrics. Once you have to think about um, a step further. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're making me ill. You can think of that as drugs. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I popped a, a Zanny or um, an um, X-Pill or a Perk or something like that when... All those pills, you know, originate from medicines to begin with. But again, what's the drug? What's a bad drug? What's a good drug? It's all perspective at this point. So just like a pill is my shit. I'm probably going to edit that down because that was a long explanation of just like a pill. But again, this is a solo podcast. There's nobody to bounce things off of. So I guess I can just ramble at 100 miles an hour over random things. But anyway, just like a pill, get into it. to you thanks in part to our friends over at studio smv studio smv is not only your complete video and photography rental studio facility but also offers great photo and video service for all your needs including social media business and personal studio smv is also a network membership studio club that allows media creators photographers producers and directors a chance to become a member and get discounts on studio rentals classes gear talent and services so if you are just starting out in the industry or a professional looking for a studio to rent and call home, Studio SMV is the place for you. So head on over to studiosmv.com for more information and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Studio SMV. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, guys. Um, yeah, so real quick, I don't want to go too deep into this because I feel like I rambled quite some time in the last segment. But And I've got to get you guys to my favorite songs because that's the fun part. But yeah, um, I consider Pink to be a soul artist. And I feel like when we say, um, excuse me, sorry. I consider her to be a soul artist. Meaning when we think of soul artists, we think of like, oh, we go way back. Oh, Anna James and, you know, the, you know, all those old school, you know, B.B. King, Westmore Blues. But you know what I'm saying? You think of like, when you think of soul music, you think of just like black first of all um old and just like you know deep ass music like angie stone or like um again you know the legacies the layla hathaways like the soul neo soul artists i consider pink to be in that same category because when you're listening to her you get the same feeling that you get from her earlier work the r&b stuff but it's more authentic it's like taking an r&b voice and putting it over rock you know, pop rock material, which was our, you know, that was our genre first anyway, was rock. But it's just, you know, we were edged out of it and we kind of just took the R&B route. And there's still some, you know, black artists doing rock and roll, but for the, you know, shout out to Tina Turner. But for the most part, it was for like a newer generation, you know, black people, we do hip hop, R&B. Um, you might cross over into pop, 
you know, here and there. But for the most part, there's these lanes that are kind of carved out for people, right? We'll get into that more later. Um, but I feel like Pink was set up to be like the kind of Tina Marie character of her generation. Um, but she was like, nope, that's not me. But just because I'm not singing traditional R&B does not mean I'm still not touching your soul. There's still a message in all of Pink's music. Like, they're, all her songs are anthems, even the crazy ones. Like, so what? Um, or You and Your Hand. Like, they have, it's, she has a bunch of funny quips in it, like You and Your Hand, obviously. It's like, it's just You and Your Hand tonight. Like, I'm not going to be there for you. Obviously, in your hand, I'm implying, like, you're, you're, I'm not going to fuck, you're masturbating or whatever. Ha ha ha. Funny, tongue in cheek. But really, it's, a whole thing's about uh, self-worth and knowing who you are. I'm not here for your entertainment. You don't get to mess with me tonight. Like, you don't get to just walk in and out of my life. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And that's over. So keep your dreams. Just give me the money. It's you in your hand tonight. Yeah, all her songs have a message at the end of it, and it's all driving a narrative, and it's all like a moral thing. One of my favorite songs from her is Try. Again, we'll get to that on the list. You gotta get up and try again. Um, so what? You know, I'm still a rock star. So what? I'm still here. We This didn't work out very well, but guess what? I still have what my, my gift, my talent, I can do that, and I'm gonna show you that I can do whatever I wanna do. So what if that didn't work out? Give me a song of hers, and I can find a way to preach on it. Like, I just feel like that soul music, it touches you. you you're walking away with it from something. You're not just, it's not like, you know, I don't want to compare it to anything. But, you know, okay, back that ass up. 90s anthem. Uh, shout out to 99 and 2000. You hear those opening violins, and your whole body starts to shake. You instantly are like, oh, I'm about to go out here and shake my ass. You know, thong song, like certain songs you hear, it's just like, oh, it's time to go dance. Oh, it's time for this. Oh, it's time for that. But I still feel like soul music can be anything. You know, it doesn't have to be like um, Adele or, um, you know, Amy Winehouse, where it's just like obviously sad music and you're just, you know, slow down. It can be a pop rock anthem. It can be fully pop. It's just, what is the message behind it? What is the intent behind it? What am I trying to convey to you? And I feel like Pink is always sending a message of love and believing yourself and stand up for yourself is what she, um, it's her whole kind of vibe is what I get from her. It's all perspective, but hopefully that made sense to some people. Pink is a soul artist first. 
Pop Rock second. So, yes, that was my blurb about that. Um, I would take another break, but I feel like we can just go into these. There's no rules today. Um, I'm the only one, so I got to fill in all the space. And plus, commercials are annoying. I get it. Uh, but we got to pay these bills. So, I'll throw in some in a little bit. But I do want to go ahead and just jump into like my top five favorite songs from Pink. Um, this is in no particular order. Um, the five are in no order. The I do have two honorable mentions that kind of go, like I said, you know, on the outskirts. But like my five songs, gun to my head, I got to pick five. This is what I came up with. But, you know, ask me tomorrow, it could change. Um, the first one I've got is, um, it's effing perfect is the actual title, but it's just perfect. You can call it that. Um, it came out, when did that come out? Let me make sure I know what album that was even on. Um, cause I think, I feel like it was like a between albums thing. I think she was pregnant at the time in the video. Um, let me see actually, cause that, I actually haven't researched the timeline, um, of that song and I love it so much. Dave Myers did the video. Raise your glasses before that. Oh, Okay. All right, y'all. Now I know what the problem was. It was on the Greatest Hits album. So you know how you'll do a Greatest Hits and you'll throw in a couple of, like, um, for kicks, you'll throw in a couple of um, additional songs, like new songs, you know, because you want new singles to sell the album, and then the album is, like, your Greatest Hits. I knew I wasn't crazy. I know Pink's material. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't fit on any of those albums, but I know I love this song. Where did it come from? It was on the greatest hits, uh, so far is the name of the album. So that was 2010. I was right. I had to prove myself right again to myself. So I feel better now. Hopefully you do as well. Um, I had to save my credibility there, but yeah, fucking perfect. Obviously. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's like, um, the, the, the lyrics pretty, pretty please. If you ever feel like you're nothing, um, it's basically, you know, kind of your stereotypical. It's kind of her beautiful, you know, Chris Angler, beautiful, you know, unpretty TLC. Everybody has the song like, oh, I feel insecure about something um, or it's a bullying, anti-bullying thing. But it's just a beautiful song. Um, and just like the passion in which she sings, she sells it with just how like her commitment to it. But it's like, you are perfect. Don't ever believe that you're anything but that. Um and if you feel like you're less than, if you feel like you're nothing, don't believe that. You're perfect to me, and you should be perfect in your own eyes as well. So um not going to go too deep on that. I feel like it's self-explanatory, but it's just very uplifting and very sweet. Um, and I really appreciate it. So, uh, fucking perfect. That's my also my first one. Like I said, no no particular order. Um, the next one I have is sober, and I love sober. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just um, again a play, another play on words. It's not obvious. None of her songs are like super obvious. Like they have like 
um, a direct kind of a reference. So sober, obviously, you're thinking of alcohol, drugs, whatever, um, and you're not that. But it's like, how do I feel this good sober is kind of like the hook. And I don't know. I'll get to the lyrics and just so you kind of understand what's going on. It's not just about, you know, substance abuse. But if that's how you relate to it, then great. But the chorus, I'm safe up high, nothing can touch me. Why do I feel the party's over? No pain inside, you're my protection, but how do I feel this good sober? I feel like um, you're up high, that can be anything. It doesn't have to be you literally, you know, being high on any kind of drug. It can be you're, you're just high off of a certain feeling. Maybe it's a person that makes you feel a certain kind of way. Um, maybe it's a job. Maybe um, maybe it's, you know, something you're, it's anything you're attached to that's not necessarily healthy. And you do it, well, how can I pronounce this? I want to say there's this saying about like safety nets and things that we think aren't harmful but they really low-key are um and without them we feel like we don't feel as good without them so some people can work a job that they they hate it's, they, it's not good but it looks great you know um it's a quote-unquote good job and it's flashing all this but you hate going there every day you're not getting any desire out of it but you love the high of people telling you like oh you got a good job or oh, you have nice things or oh, you have this you have that how do you feel that good about yourself without the, um, should I say, um, not acceptance of other people, but without the approval of other people, like the cosign, like, that's just one example of it. You know, I, when I first heard it, I took literally, it was just like, yeah, there's sometimes, you know, I smoke, um, I've done other kinds of drugs, I drink, um, and it's like, you know, you drink and you lose your inhibitions and, um, you, you know, you dance, you're, you're loud, you make you, you're more opinionated, you're telling the quote unquote truth. And it's like, how do I feel that authentic and that raw without this feeling, without whatever the drug is at the very, very end, uh, this is like the hook, the coming down, coming down, coming down, spinning around, spinning around, spinning around, looking for myself sober. Like I'm coming down, you know, I'm looking for, I'm like, where am I in this? Like it's gotten so bad now. I've been high for so long that I don't even know who I am anymore. So now that I'm coming down from this, I lose that job. I got fired from that job that I felt made me look good. You know what I mean? I lost that relationship that made me feel good. Um, I lost, you know, my little situationship. Maybe it's sex and you feeling so good about that. How do I feel better about myself without giving myself away? You know, it could be anything. So now you're coming down. You, you're so out of touch. Now what do you do? Um, in the very last kind of breakdown on the bridge is when it's good, it's, uh, then it's good. It's all good until it goes bad. You know, everything is good until it's not. <laughs> it's a fun ride and it's over very quick. But it says, um, till you try to find what, uh, try to find the you that you once had. Um, I feel like I'm getting real deep on this song, but I love it so much. Um, I got some friends that listen to this, shout out, you know, who you are. And we've had conversations about moving on with things, be it, you know, becoming sober, being more responsible where we, you know, we have businesses now versus, you know, 10 years ago when the only thing we had really to do was our biggest concern was what do we want to the club tonight? You know, that was the biggest thing. So now how do you, for me, not speaking for anybody else, how do you now exist in this new form? Because that no longer serves me being wasted all the time and partying every night and going and staying out to five, six o'clock in the morning. Where am I now? Because I still want to have a good time, but now I have responsibilities. I have, a, I have businesses. I have things to accomplish. I have, you know, commitments. How do I find myself? Am I still, am I going to keep on trying to, you know, keep up with the young kids and get a fresh outfit and go out every single weekend and, you know, keep drinking, keep smoking and not get behind on my stuff? 
like trying to find the you that I once had. Um, so it says, I've heard myself cry never again. I've heard myself say, I'm never doing that ever again. I'll never go back to that, but I keep going back to it because it's kind of all I know. So it's like broken down in agony, just trying to find a friend. It's not necessarily a happy song. Like there's what I like about it is there's no resolution, you know? There's no like, oh, but you triumph or what you know, what this is gonna happen. It's a real song. It's like I'm safe, I'm high, nothing can touch me, but how do I feel this gets over? It's a real question that kind of is left unanswered and because you can't answer that you know it's it's different for each person and you will the answer will come to you but when you're in that moment this this song i feel like is written from perspective of like somebody going through it right now it's not an anthem that you can refer back to and pick yourself up it's something like if you're going through it you will relate to it you will understand it so I love Sober. Hope that wasn't too deep of a dive into that song. But, I, you know, I go there, y'all. So hopefully y'all go with me. But, anywho, we're moving on. I'm going to take a sip because mouth is dry. Don't drink in podcasts. Anyways, not endorsing any alcoholic brands because y'all ain't paying me yet. Anyway, um, my third favorite song, third song on the list, a song called Split Personality. And this is a deeper cut. Wasn't a single. It's actually from the Light Skin Pink days. Um, it's on the Can't Take That uh, Can't Take Me Home album in 2000. Um, I'm not quite sure what track number it is, but again, maybe the list of songs that I'm picking here speak more to like my mental state than actually like <laughs> the quality of like the songs because perfect is like you're perfect. Don't feel bad about yourself. And then sober, you know, drugs and alcohol. And now we're talking about split personality. It's like, oop, I already get, spilled my tea about my meds earlier. So now y'all think I'm crazy as hell. But it's true. The song is very that. It can, it's very literal. Like, this, she while she's singing, um, there is a voice talking in the background. It's her voice. But um, obviously, it's trying to paint the picture of this whole um, split personality. It's like, while she's trying to sing the song, this um, little snide, you know, in the background... Uh, commenter in the background is uh, <laughs> saying all these things, which which is what happens when you're in um, your head about something. You are kind of feeling like it's like the you know angel on one side, the devil on one side, and they're both they're both you, they're both little yous, and one's being positive, one's being negative. One's just like you know somebody cuts you off in traffic. One of you's just like you know what, let it go. That person needs to get where they're going. It's not that deep. I got somewhere to go. The little evil was just like, no, fuck her. Ride her bumper. Honk. You know, flash her with your brights. Like, how dare she? You know, that's, you know, the ego, the enemy, whatever you want to label it. But um, it also kind of goes into, um, you know, obviously uh, relationships. Like, you want something, but you, you are not acting like that. Like, one minute you want it, one minute you don't. 
and you can't focus on it because so many things are happening. So the song opens up, I do not trust, so I cannot love. Um, and then in the background, you hear, can no man be trusted? That's the, uh, you know, the other personality talking to her. Um, and I would not dare to open up is the next line. And then the very next one, when I tell you relatable, well, now my rinse pass due, my car won't start, I hate the bus. Um, and then the other side, um, her first thing is, aren't you glad you somebody to talk to? The crazy her is over there just like, yeah, get it out, girl. It, everything sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> and then um, the last part of it is, tell me, what do they see when they look at me? Do they see my many personalities? Um, again, I just take that so deep. Um, I feel like I do want to be, you know, I want to be viewed as a loving person. I want to be in a situation where somebody can, you know, love me. I can love them back freely. But, bitch, my rinse pass due. My car won't start. I got things to do. I'm running a business over here. Um, I hate the bus, so I got to figure out how to get this done. Like, not saying that these are happening right now, but I'm saying over the course of my life, it's <laughs> insert problem here. That has always been the barrier for me for relationships. I feel like until you, you are settled and set in what you're doing and you have your own kind of vibe going, why mix up somebody else's vibe with yours? I don't want to complicate my life that's already complicated with somebody else's problems, you know? Um, that's how I view it. Some people view it as, oh, no, it's a nice time for somebody to share with, to share the load with. And I'm sure that's what it is, but I just take it that way. But it's like, this is all internal dialogue. So when you're putting yourself out there, it's like, oh, my God, dude, what are, what are they seeing? Because I keep saying one thing, but I'm doing another. How am I looking? Do they see all my personalities? Because it's a couple of them over here. So, like, I don't know if the intent of, <laughs> you know, when the song was written if that was, like, how deep it was going, like, if it was really that serious, but that's just kind of what I took away from it. Um, shout out to Babyface and, uh, and Pink. She, they both were on this together. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'll play a little snippet. I'll let you guys get into it, take away your own thing, but I just feel like I definitely can relate, um, to that inner dialogue and the split personality when it comes to showing two personalities to people. It's like, do you want to date or do you not? Do you want to do this or do you want? And it goes even deeper with like my jobs and stuff. There's like so many things and gifts that I have that I love to do when it comes to the podcasting and styling, all these different things. And to me, it all makes sense. But to some people, it's just like, well, who are you? What do you do? Like, and so I'm like, you know, oh God, what are these? What do you see when you look at me? Do you see many personalities? Um, I know it looks kind of wild and crazy, but please don't run away. Give me some time. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Can anybody help me? Can you hear me? Can you see me? This is my reality. Um, these are lyrics from the song, but I'll tell you, it hits home. So check out that when you get some time. The song is called Split Personality from Can't Take Me Home. All right, y'all, we're checking along. We got two left. 
Um, I'll do these last two, and then I'll take a break before we go to like the honorable mentions, just because they're really fast. Um, my next one on my list is "Just Give Me a Reason." Um, "Just Give Me a Reason" is um, a Pink song. It's featuring um, his name is Nate Russ. Uh, he was in the group Funny. Have the song tonight. Uh, I guess I can just insert a clip there instead of singing the chorus badly and not sure if that was the right key. The key was right, but it was pitchy, regardless. Um, yeah, that uh, he's in it, and um, it's a duet, and the song is basically... Now, this one is pretty literal, It's um, but again, I can find a way to preach anything out of it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a conversation between two people like, hey, um, you know, just give me one reason to stay in this with you. Like, let's talk about this. Like, we've been through so much. Are we really going to break up? Like, that's it. Like, just give me a reason. Just a little bit's enough. Just a second. We're not broken. We're just bent. And we can learn to love again. It's in the stars. It's been written in the scars on our hearts, which I love that line. Um, we've been through too much at this point. <laughs> like these, you know, you've been with somebody for years and years and years, be it a situationship, a relationship, a marriage, a friendship. It's, you know, I've had, I've, I think like my friendship experience, I feel like I said, I told you I don't have relationship experience, but we don't really value relate friendships as a relationship as like we should. And I've had friendships come and go. I've had friendships tested. I've had friendships, you know, soar and triumph. You know, people I didn't think I was going to be friends with this long are my best friends now. Like, um, people I thought were going to be my best friends forever, I haven't talked to since God knows when. Um, so that line um, has been written in the scars on our hearts. It's like we've been hurt. We've hurt each other. We're scarred from this. So that alone deserves one more chance. Like, what was the point of going through all of that if we can't learn to love again, if we can't fix this? And obviously, I love that we're not broken, just bent. That applies to anything and everything. You know, I don't believe anybody is broken. You have you have things that happen in your life that try to break you. But as long as you're walking, breathing, still moving, you're not broken. You have a chance to rise again, do fix yourself. You can learn to love again, and that can apply to anything. So remember that you're not broken, you're just bent. For the last one, because I feel like I'm getting real preachy, but I didn't really know how much I love these songs. <laughs> um, the very last one is Who Knew, um, which is, again, um, this is a sadder one. It's a little bit, um, this, now this one is very literal. Like, there's no kind of, uh, you know, insert situation here. You can insert person here, but it's basically like, I feel like her version of a One Sweet Day or a I'll Be Missing You. Um, it's called Who Knew? It's very Pink's version of doing that. It's, it's your typical, you know, somebody passed away. And I believe the story is about somebody like that was that she went to school with that committed suicide. 
years later because the, the words are very specific like uh you took my hand you showed me how you promised me you you'd be around and uh-huh that's right like yeah sure um but the chorus um basically is if someone said three years from now you'd be long gone i stand up and punch them out because they're all wrong i know better because you said forever and ever who knew like i never thought you wouldn't be here you said you're always gonna be around you're always gonna be there for me you know i can always count on you but you're gone you know you're not here anymore who knew who knew that i would be here and not have you to talk to and that's a really real song i feel like we don't know what the future holds i've been having really really big revelations recently about around mortality and whatnot and not that i'm like doom or gloom or i want anybody to pass away and i, I want to live a long life i want to see my family live a long life um i think health is wealth and i do i would love for us all to live to you know the longest <laughs> but the highest age that the lord would have us you know 100 years old granted we're in great health and we're doing well we have you know we can live comfortably at that age but um we just don't know uh we recently lost you know a friend to the idf team a model that we work with i don't want to go too deep into her personal business um but we love her and we'll always um we you know we know um the connection that we made with her what she made with us um and she's you know a young girl and now she's no longer here and it's just like um who knew you know and that applies to you can insert any kind of like friendship family member we don't know when people are going to check up out of here so it's very important to just love express your love as much as you can and just let people know that you appreciate them give them their flowers if you will while they're here because yeah one day you'll look up and be like, wow, who knew that so-and-so wouldn't be here? So not to get all doom and gloom. It is a very sad song. but And also, I love the vocal on it. I feel like she just sings like the bejesus out of it, especially the end. Um, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and put you guys on to that. That is Who Knew. Check that out when you get some time. And yeah, let's take a little break. Um, that was a big little chunk of those five. We'll wrap it up with my last two honorable mentions, and then we'll have a Mariah moment. We'll get out of here. All right, be right back. Hey guys, this week's episode is also brought to you in part by Valentino's Floral. Designer Brandon Williams brings an unparalleled vision and artistry to the world of floral design. Whether you need a beautiful bouquet for your loved one or flowers and decor for your wedding or event, visit valentinosfloral.com, and together you can create something extraordinary. You're welcome. All right, y'all, we're back. Um, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here here in a bit, but just going to give you my quick little honorable mentions for favorite songs. Um, we got to talk about Lady Marmalade um, and just how iconic that was. I feel like um, we, I don't want to say we didn't appreciate it, because we appreciate it. It did well. It won awards. I believe they won a Grammy for that. Um, a VMA. Um, 
I definitely feel like at the time it did get its flowers, but I gotta remind the kids. That was a major collaboration. It was peak Lil' Kim, you know, at like the height of her career. Um, Christina had been out for a minute, whatever, but she was respected already. She had been out for like a hot minute. Um, Pink was already respected in the game. We already got the, you know, the first album. We were living for her already. Um, and shout out to Maya. Maya was in it. You know, people forget Maya's in the, an indie artist now, but she was a big deal in the 2000s as well. So... That crossover was great. Everybody sounded great on it. I really feel like Pink held her own throughout the entire thing. She did not let Christina Aguilera just sing all over everybody. Because um, there's a funny story. She tells the story on, I think it was Behind the Music on VH1 years ago. Um, I, I believe her and Christina have since made amends. But Sharing the same mic with three other young divas didn't intimidate Pink. And when Christina showed up with a label exec, Pink's inner rebel was front and center. Ron Fair walked in, he didn't say hi to any of us, and said, what's the high part, what's the most singing part? Christina's going to take that part. And I stood up and I said, hi, how are you? So nice of you to introduce yourself. I'm Pink, she will not be taking that part. I think that's what the f meeting's about. No, not the first person that said that, you know, Christina has had that kind of a, a difficult to work with. I uh, hope that's not true. Um... And we gotta have a Christina episode because I feel like I throw a lot of Christina shade on here. And Christina's one of my favorites for sure. But, you know, she's got some explaining to do. Anyways, but yeah, I just feel like even in live performances, I feel like you you can hear Pink loud and strong pushing right on through. And then they, of course, have the iconic, you know, Grammy performance where Patti LaBelle emerges from nowhere like a fairy godmother and blows everybody off the stage. Christina literally was throwing up notes and it was just getting, it was like a, a tornado <laughs> of Patti LaBelle and everybody else was just kind of just, you know, giving some oohs and ahs, so. iconic i gotta post that like some of my favorite moments but that was definitely a good one and then um we already broke down there you go um it was in my honor mission honor mission for sure because it's just it's aged very well um i do think it's hilarious that you can hear candy in it throughout the whole thing but hey, you look, you look, you look, you look, you look. 
Shout out to Candy Burris. Get your money, girl. You know, might as well sing on it too. Get the extra resids. Um, but yeah, we already got into it. It was a light skin pink phase. Um, I'm always going to refer to light skin pink because it's funny. And it's also around the same kind of era. Like, we, this is a random moment, not necessarily tied to favorite songs, but more a favorite moment. But a lot of people forget when there was the um, MTV Icon um, little award show that would, that would kind of just like be a tribute show to whatever Icon. I think we had a couple of them, but, but Janet Jackson was the first one. And they opened it with this dance tribute. And it was Pink, Maya, and Usher. And they were and they did uh th- they each did a Janet Jackson song with just the choreography, they didn't sing it. It was just the dancing from it. And then they ended it with like Rhythm Nation. Let me tell you something. Pink killed it. Like, I believe hers was um No, Rhythm Nation was her song. Um and they all came back out and redid it like the big finale dance or whatever. But, I mean, the entire break, they had the video up on the wall behind Pink, and she is matching beat for beat, jump for jump, head flip for head flip, like, spin, like, move for move. And so, you know, she gets her physicality out now. The days, like, you know, swinging from the trapeze and doing all kinds of stunts in the air. She's, like, basically an airless at this point. Um, and it's really cool. It goes into, again, carving out her own lane, which we'll get to. Um, but people forget that Pink can eat up a stage. She can really dance. And that's another reason they wanted to put her in that, you know, that little pop category. Like, oh, get out here and, you know, get some dance beats and give us a quick little one-two step. And she's like, I, just because I can do it doesn't mean I want to do this all the time. So I really appreciate it because I felt like it was kind of like a niche thing of her. But she killed it. She didn't halfway get through it. It was like, oh, that was kind of like this. No, it, it was move for move Janet Jackson. And I wish she would do more tributes like that these days. Um, just because I think he would gag it. just like her ability to still move and dance and she did like a um i think on her last tour possibly i'm not quite sure how far back it was but she did like a medley of her r&b uh light skin days just part of the show it was just like a five minute block of like there you go most girls you make me sick kind of in a row and she has like choreography like the old school r&b choreography she does to all of it and it's like oh so fun seeing her dance but that was my honorable mention for those two um, I think I just want to wrap it up with um, the Mariah moment, which, um, as you guys know, um, Mariah, you know, head of my life, my household. Um, I not head of my life, but you know what I mean. I have to always tie every single episode into her, right? Because I need an excuse to talk about her, you know, once a day at least. So, um, the Mariah moment. I don't really have a direct correlation between the two of them. Like, there are no duets, there are no features. I can't even think of a time when they were, like, even on the same, like, you know, a We Are The World-esque collaboration, you know? I don't think they have any of those songs between them. But what I will say is, I do, um, I, my tie-in is I always say that if Mariah was the free artist to be, if she was free to be who she wanted to be from day one, she would not have done uh she wouldn't have been the Mariah we know today the diva you know you know the pops diva with all the number ones and all that stuff thank god that she did it and we have like these songs that we love but i think i've always said that um and she said she's she prefers you know she doesn't prefer she's like more nuanced performances she's not a big fan of the huge vocals she doesn't like doing the big stadiums and big you know arenas and those kind of performances she doesn't like tv performances she prefers like little clubs with her fans right there much more jazzy 
Um, I think that she will be more of a soul jazz um, gospel even kind of an artist, but I can I would I would say a big voice Billie Holiday, um, and people that aren't you know privy to like you know deep dive you know diving into Mariah's world, but I feel like she um, she really shines uh, like doing acapella moments. She does like little riffs all the time during her show. She just starts singing off the cuff, and it sometimes it comes a, a little cool a cool song. Sometimes it's just kind of a tangent, but she does it every show. Um, on TV, she's everything. Even in her audiobook, she's singing parts, and I feel like she really would just feel more comfortable doing those little intimate songs, little things like that. She has a big voice, so imagine Billie Holiday having you know a whistleblower to be able to belt big songs. Um, but people's like Billie because it was honest, it was vulnerable, and it was just connecting like that. I think she preferred that, but because she kind of got indoctrinated into the industry how she was. She had to keep performing at that level. And now we have, you know, thank God we have what we have. But I feel like um, there's an interview of hers. Um, I think it's from like the Rainbow Tour, 99. And she looks exhausted in the interview. She sounds exhausted. And she's having a rare, like, vulnerable moment. Because Mariah doesn't talk about her voice a lot. But there she was talking. She was like, yes, you know, I'll, this tour is kind of high stakes. It's high pressure. It's like we have so many days. We booked extra dates. So it's busy. Um, I normally am used to having like a certain amount of days off to rest my voice in between. She was like, you know, it's different for other artists that dance or play instruments. You know, they have things to distract themselves. You play instruments, you can have a musical break. Or if you're a dancer, you know, you're dancing, doing other things. She was like, but my voice, the whole show was built around my voice. And every song is a showstopper. There's a climax to every song. There's a big note in every song. And the whole show is built around that. And so she's saying, like, it just kind of, like, adds pressure to it. So I feel like she feels very pressured in those moments. I mean, look back to Whitney Houston when, you know, Mariah's not in that territory, thank God. Because you know, her voice has changed and people feel like it's like, you know, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Mariah's voice is different. Um, but, like, I feel like when Whitney, when they put her back on that final tour that she was not ready for, I felt like that had to feel awful. Like, you are known as a vocalist, right? So it's not like Janet Jackson going on tour. And yeah, maybe she doesn't do the the knee drop on the scream choreography. Maybe she's not doing a full, a full flip anymore, whatever. But she's still singing the songs. She's like, not saying because she's not a good singer or whatever, but the show has other things going on than just her standing there with her voice. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't really matter if the track is playing or we don't, we don't, we're not going to a Janet Jackson so just to hear her sing or just it's a full package. For a Whitney Houston show, Mariah Carey show, you're going, you want to hear the hits, you want to hear the vocals, you want to hear as you know it. And I feel like now that that standard has been set so high, like she has to still kind of keep up with it. And I think she's doing a great job doing it. But I do feel like she feels the added pressure now of like, um, in, in recent years, she's loosened up a little bit. I feel like she's kind of easing on into her legacy, you know, auntie stage. But I feel like for a long time, it was like, I got to look the same. I got to have another We Belong Together. I got to have this because that's what people want to hear. That's what they expect. And the second you step out of that, it's just like, oh, you're over. You you lost it. You don't have it. And it's like, no, I have a lot more than you even will ever know. But I might have lost your idea of what you think, whatever it is. But it's not my talent. It's not who I really am. You know what I mean? Even Whitney, I feel like, okay, so Whitney, her voice has changed. Her team could have taken that as an opportunity to be like, okay, so Whitney's voice is a little bit different now. Why are we booking, you know, the um, the the Central Park concerts? Why are we on the American Music Awards? Why are we going on stadium tours overseas? 
no, Whitney, Whitney's voice is a little bit different, but she's still Whitney. Let's give her a couple of days to give her give us our best. Let's book little clubs, little nuanced things. Let's put out an album that's an acoustic kind of a piano and thing. Like, let's. Why are we putting her back up here as if it's nineteen eighty five and expecting the same result? It's not what it is. But we don't allow people to change to work with them. We don't allow people to be people and be who they are in whatever moment that is. So all that is said, I feel like we there's these boxes that we just place people in and that's all you're allowed to do and pink made again choice that word keeps coming up um she made a conscious choice to leave uh a leave the group because that was y'all are signed you're in a group you're like okay i made it and groups are hard to lose because you leave because you have the added help in the background of the people behind you right like you have the people Literally, um, kind of like help carrying this whole thing. If you're doing the choreography, helping with the singing. So going solo is scary. And then you do this R&B um, album that's successful. You sound good doing it. You can make a great career doing this. People like Pink. She was on TRL. She's making the rounds. Well, listening part. I think she was a fi- a fixture. She had the Pepsi commercial with Britney Spears and Beyonce. All this stuff I be- was like I believe was pre misunderstood, but. She went out, took a chance, challenged herself and her label, and believed in herself. Was like, look, give me this. And, I, and I'm sure the budget was cut down because they didn't want her doing that. I'm sure they gave her parameters. But it was like, no, I trust what my ideas are. I trust what I can do. I know who I am. And just because I'm successful at this, just because I can dance, you know, just because I can sing an R&B song, that doesn't mean that's all I have to give. Let me give you what I want to. And your gift, like, it's a cliche saying, but your gift will make room for you. Where you put your, your attention and where you focus your intention, your gift is promised. You're already given everything you accomplished, you know, your whole career, Bryce, all her number ones, those were promised long before she even fulfilled them. But she's a gifted songwriter, a gifted vocalist. So that's the direction she went. That's what she got. I believe that Pink would still have, maybe not the same level of success, but she would have had an amazing career still doing R&B music. I think she would, be, especially, no shade, a white girl that can sing R&B, we're going to go up for that. You better ask Adele. And like, and I'm one of the people that buys every album, every single. I'm not the one that's just like, oh my God, if we supported our black soul singers, we would support our white singers. Da, da, da. No, Adele is sickening. Her voice is amazing. Her music is good. It doesn't take away from the other soul artists. It just means that more people can relate to her. That's the way the world is. There's more people, not just black people. You know what I mean? It's not just white people. It's not just, oh, white people like her now, so that's that. There's, you have to be a global superstar to get crossover status. So you have to be, you know, popping in Asia, popping in South America, popping in Australia. Mainstream success means you apply to everybody. But we try to make everything so black and white, whatever. Pink success was going to be pink success because she's talented and she has the heart and the intention to push her message. She knows what it is. But anybody can do that. I think a lot of people just go with what the industry gives you and you try to make the best of what you can in that. And the whole time you're fighting to like get the real you out. You know what I mean? You're writing slave on your face like Prince. Like, let me be me. Let me express myself. And I think Pink is one of the few artists that got to that they took a chance, did it, struck gold with that one chance, because it's not like, oh, you're a good singer and a good songwriter. Everything has to line up. You know, it's not easy, like, to just have a hit song. Like, it's timing. It's the look. It's everything going on. It's who else has stuff out at the time competing with you. Like, there's so many other factors that go into it. So when it was a success and it blew up, it was like, wow, that's huge. Congratulations. Now, let's try it again. 
go a little further with it. Now we can go further. Now you're at the point where you can do whatever you want. You can put out whatever album you want. You have established a fan base. It Everything sells. And like I said, since she's gone up, each album has sold more than the previous one before that. So with the exception of uh, Try This, that one was after Misunderstood and that sold a little bit lower, but she still was still critically acclaimed. It still had amazing songs on it. But from that point up, the rest of them started going up and up and up. Number one here, number one there. Um, and she just built her way up. So I just feel like if all artists were allowed to be their true selves when signing a record deal, like what kind of artists would we have out there? I told you, like, I always think Mariah will be a big voiced um, uh, Billie Holiday. I think that Britney Spears, you know, throwing her in the mix, I think that she will be um, an R&B pop kind of a Sierra type. I see her, or Maya even. I see Britney. Britney's from uh, uh, Louisiana. Um, I think that whole pop thing, oh, she's a pop princess. Let's make her relatable to young young um, girls. She's a pop princess. She's Madonna. She's shocking. You know, Madonna's the queen of pop, and she's just mother-daughter thing with her and Madonna. If you look at... Um, Britney Spears. Britney Spears is a baby of Janet Jackson. Her choreography, the way she danced, Madonna ain't, was never eating stages up like that. Madonna had choreo, but Madonna is very one, two step, eight count choreography. Like Britney is fast. Britney's Britney's choreo rivals some of Janet Jackson's best material. Dare I say she has some harder ones? Um, if you don't believe me. Again, because, you know, just the other legends, you know, the today's day and age, Britney's been through a lot. We're not getting the same Britney on stage as we got, you know, 20 years ago. But listen here, don't ever get it twisted. There is a video on uh, YouTube. It's a part one and part two. Um, I don't know the the channel, so forgive me. But you can just type in, it's Britney's Hardest Choreography, part one, part two. And it's just a, a breakdown of all her, because every song has a dance break of all her stuff, and I was just like, we really took for granted that this bitch was dancing down. It wasn't like, oh, you can dance for a white girl. Oh, you just, you know, whatever. You're looking back, and it's like, no, this is intense choreography and footwork, and we're in a world now where we don't require intense choreography anymore. We're to the point now where if somebody has choreo on stage, we're just like, yes, going ham. But there was a time where, like, you didn't have a choice but to get up there and give you know, a little a, something. Hell, Christina Aguilera was out there giving eight counts um, for a long time. Like, um, so I, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Britney came in. It's like, oh, here's your prepackage. We know what you are. You're this, you're that. But if she had free reign, I feel like Britney would have been giving us R&B. She would have given us some sultry tracks. She would have been out here giving all the Jane Jackson tributes. It would be that. But we packaged her up as this. And, you know, I can go on and on. There's so many people that I could, like, pick and be like, oh, how would they be? But it's just, like I said, we don't have, we didn't have the option. But I feel like people like Pink kind of opened the door of just like, fuck the system, I'm doing what I want. And now you can have a Rihanna, right? Rihanna came out, similar story, well after Pink. But it was very much, oh, you're black, so we're going to package you as the next Beyonce. You're going to be an R&B starlet. We're giving you ballads, and you have long hair, and here's gowns. And yeah, here's a couple little fast beats, but nothing too much. You're not really dancing, you're doing too much up, up here, you're just here and uh, Rihanna was like, okay, this is cute, but that is not me. I'm chopping this hair off. I'm getting tatted. You know, I'm wearing, you know, black eyeshadow all the time. I'm doing different, you know, hairstyle for every album. I'm doing pop. I'm doing rock. I'm doing reggae. I'm doing trap. I'm doing me. I'm a unique artist. When you hear Rihanna's song, regardless of what genre it falls in, 
it's a Rihanna song. You know who Rihanna is. You feel the message behind the song. Rihanna has a, has her take no mess. I am who I am. I'm individual. Be yourself. I'm savage. That comes through in her music. But it can be a song like Stay, which is a slow ballad. It can be, um, you know, Work, which is full on um, reggae. It can be um, We Found Love in a Secret Place, full on pop. But at the end of each song, you know, you, you got what you signed up for. You got the Rihanna experience. So I feel like, yeah, I think Pink walked so a lot of these girls could run. Um, and now we're living the age now where people just come out and it's like, don't label me. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm whatever. I feel like Pink had a lot to do with that. Maybe not. Maybe there's other artists that led the way. But I feel like for the new generation of the kids now, I feel like, you know, 2000s and up. I feel like Pink was the beginning of that, of bucking the system, doing what you want. And and we were sad in the beginning. We were like, oh, we missed R&B Pink. But now I can really respect it and just look how many people she's touched. Your gift will make room for you, but your gift is also not for you. Your gift is to touch whoever you're supposed to touch, be it as many people as possible or somebody in particular. But I feel like by following your instincts, following your gifts, following your gut, you're going to fulfill that, and then that will go out and bless the masses. And that is the real mission. It's not about making the money. It's not about how many number ones do I have, whose record am I setting. All that stuff is great, and it's fun. It's just cherry on top of you following your purpose. But the the purpose is to teach, inspire, and bring up the next person. So that's that on that. Um, again, I feel like I was just really preachy today, but that's how I feel. That's how Pink brings out of me. I feel like, yeah, I don't think people really understand, like, her message. It's like, oh, fun songs. Oh, she's, you know, tongue in her mouth. She doesn't give a fuck. We love Pink. She's a tough girl. Ha, ha, ha. But underneath that exterior, there's a real message, a real heart, and I just really appreciate what she's given us. So, if you guys have hung in here this long, you're still listening. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up and get out of here. It's getting late. But yeah, this was a great episode. A solo one for you guys. You know, like our just between us talk from time to time. Um, we have some, you know, fun episodes coming up on down the line. And also look out for the IDF Podcast Network that is currently in production. Um, we have, I would say, three new shows in the works that are going to be under our um, Independent Dream Factory podcast umbrella um, and fully in the works with new hosts, new ideas I'm working on some fun things um, Off Black is still gearing up for its return, a lot of things in the work guys, so just keep following keep supporting, again follow us on um, our business page um, The Independent Dream Factory, IDF um, that's on all platforms um, as well as you know the B-Spot, Off Black, follow the shows you know, follow everything I do want to give a special shout out to WXSJ973 for always holding us down. Um, they've been a sponsor of Off Black and the B Spot from the very beginning. Um, we just recently announced our partnership between IDF, our independent dream factory, and WXSJ973. So we're doing a merger um, and super excited. I, I hosted, um, I guess, hosted a show that's on their um, uh, online on the website WXSJ97.3 Radio. Dot com um, called uh, Backstage Jams. So that was an awesome um, awesome experience with Miss Victoria Dennis. Um, I put it out last week's a mini episode, so go back and check that out. But yeah, big things coming, guys. Shout out to Studio SMV. Follow all of our stuff. So you're following me, Lee Don B, on all the platforms. You'll see all the connections to everything that I have connected going on with the different companies and all the fun stuff coming up, guys. It's overwhelming the um, blessings and 
you know, ideas we have coming to the point where we're like today picking and choosing what we're cutting out and what we're going to do because it's just so many, we're kid, like a kid in a candy store. There's so many things that we can do and we have a lot of people that believe in us and want to work with us and we thank you guys. We love you guys. And yeah, let's get up out of here. We'll see you next week. The B-Spot Podcast is not endorsed by any performing artist mentioned in this program. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective trademark and copyright holders. The B-Spot Podcast is brought to you by the Independent Dream Factory. It is produced, mixed, mastered, and hosted by Don B. Our theme song is The B-Spot by Shawn Michael. Bottom. The B spot. The B spot.